And here we are, week 16, only three weeks left of the season. Where has it gone, Dave? We feels like we were just getting started and attempting to record record several podcasts before the start of the season <laughs> that none of them worked successfully before we finally got it, got it going. And now look at it. We're, we're down to our last hurrah with Scott for the year. Last uh, three, it, three it weeks is a, left. It is a sad, sad state of affairs. I don't even know what I'm going to do on the weekends once you know football is finally over come uh, Super Bowl Sunday. But uh, yeah, really... For me, I think the, the playoff picture is starting to clear up. But as always, Dave, I think we should start with a little. Red zone. stripe. All right, we'll, we'll, we're going to give you brief overview again of the playoff picture right now we'll go into the afc still a little bit muddled especially at the the back end of it you got the one seed the baltimore ravens at 11 and 3 seven seed at the two seed you got the miami dolphins hosting the indianapolis colts miami is 10 and 4 colts are 8 and 6 you got kansas city hosting the cincinnati Bengals for the 3 and 6 seed Nine and five Kansas City and eight and six Cincinnati. And then you have the four five matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars at eight and six, hosting the Cleveland Browns at nine and five with their fifth quarterback starting with uh, Joe Flacco. Always reminds me of the what, what's the, the movie with uh, Keanu Reeves? Such a good uh, oh, wow. Shane, Shane, Shane. The replacements, Falco. That's it, yes. Great movie. Sugar Shane Falco, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, th- then then it's, it gets interesting here, right? Eight is the Houston Texans at eight and six. The nine seed is the Buffalo Bills at eight and six. Ten is Pittsburgh Steelers at seven and seven. And then 11, Denver Broncos at seven and seven. So Bills are still not in the clear here, but yeah. it's starting to create a little bit of a path. But if the Colts Bengals keep winning, could be trouble. Yeah, I mean, the Bills are obviously, you know, upwardly mobile here. And I think you've got to think they've got a, a pretty strong here couple of weeks. You know, no reason they shouldn't be able to go into L.A. here this weekend and, and knock off the Chargers as bad as they've looked here the last couple of weeks since Herbert went down. Then home to the Patriots on New Year's Eve. And, you know, if, if they can take care of those two games, I do. I know there's still several slots out of it, but I feel like, there likely will be, you know, I, I just we've we've got so many teams with backup quarterbacks here, and and while you know Jake Browning's looked good, you know Gardner Minshew's been had some moments here for the Colts. It's hard to think that one of them, if not both, will maybe slip up, and you know Texans sort of falling off. Very lucky to escape Tennessee without that win this past week. Doesn't look like C.J. Stroud's playing. I think if you're the Bills, you have to feel like if you if you can just take care of business here the next two weeks, that you'll you'll likely be in a situation going into that final week game against Miami where you control your own destiny. Do so. Do you feel like they still have an outside shot at the AFC East? Like just looking at the schedule, I I think it's you know Cowboys. I mean, I mean it, we're we're gonna we're gonna basically learn. A, I think we'll find out one way or the other this weekend. If, if Miami loses to the Cowboys, then I think obviously. 
all you need to do is win out if you're if you're the Bills and and right. I think you would you would get the division because they they would obviously have swept the Dolphins. So the, so the Bills are in a position where they're going from playing the Cowboys one week to being huge fans of the Cowboys the next week. So Wait, I mean, and I think yeah, that, Dolphins finish with the Ravens too after the Cowboys and then the I mean that's a goodness with all those tough. injuries too, right? That you know yeah. I mean, you're, you're honestly, realistically, you're just, you're, it's a cleaner, a cleaner situation for, for the, the bills. If you just get a Miami loss and went out that then worrying about the wild card situation, because as we've covered in weeks past, they're not in a great situation with tiebreakers for wild card situation. So, I mean, I, I think the cleanest thing for them is Miami needs to lose one of these next two and you need to win out then and then your your division champs and then again look out if that's the case yeah i mean crazy set of circumstances just three weeks ago after that eagles loss right we were thinking oh man bills have a you know really tough tough stretch here with the chiefs cowboys chargers didn't look as tough right but that was before herbert but now i mean that game is just We'll, we'll talk about it later, but the Bills are, I, I think, in great shape. They're playing the best football probably out of every uh, – obviously the Ravens, they've been consistent all year, but they just – I think the Bills scare you just with what they're kind of doing up front defensively and then just Josh Allen and then this James Cook kind of run right now in the backfield. I mean, that's two straight weeks where they had a great – play call and he scored a touchdown out of the backfield catching a pass against Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, we said, I think we said sort of coming out of that Eagles game, like, okay, maybe that chiefs game isn't necessarily like the win or go home or type of game. Like they wouldn't have, they still would have had a shot if they'd lost that chiefs game. But once they got that game, I think that was really the key for them. You know, they, they, had some some games where they just obviously should have won against good teams and they just sort of choked it away at the end. They're coming off a bye, but before that, the Eagles game, you know, they, they choked away against the Bengals, you know, the pass game, not a good opponent, but they choked that one away. So if you're the, if you were them, you just needed to know like, okay, we can, we can, we can close out one of them, you know, a good team. And then that's all they needed. And, and I, again, I mean, I think I would argue they're probably playing as well. And if you looked, if you removed the records from those teams and watched them play the last few weeks, I don't think you'd think that Baltimore was any better than Buffalo. Certainly not anyone else in the AFC either. So, I I 100% agree. I mean, I think we, we can move on to the NFC after this, but I, I think it just shows you the the slog of the season where you're just going to have these up and down moments and momentum, and you just got to ride it out. And can you get hot? towards the end of the year give yourself a chance and, and i think the bills are doing a really good job of that so moving on to the nfc san francisco 49ers at 11-3 are your one seed the two versus seven matchup dallas cowboys would be at 10 and four would be hosting the los angeles rams that would be a great matchup number three Detroit Lions at 10 and 4 hosting the number 6 Minnesota Vikings at 7 and 7. That game's actually happening again this weekend. And then the 4-5 matchup is Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 7-7 hosting the Philadelphia Eagles only because of the NFC South Division title. The 8 seed would be the New Orleans Saints at 7 and 7, Seahawks 7 and 7, big win against the Eagles last week. 
number 10, Atlanta Falcons, six and eight. And then the Packers at 11 at six and eight as well. I just added, but they, those two, I, I think 10 and 11 look to be kind of fading towards the end of this. Uh, were you afraid to play in the Rams if you were, you know, the, this week going I, into, I mean, I think, I think you, you have to look at the Rams really realistically as they're, they're by far, I would say the second best of the, the wild card teams outside of whoever loses the, you know, the NFC's. NFC East. I think they're definitely the most dangerous. They, you know, certainly have the best quarterback of really any team beyond, you know, the, the Cowboys and the 49ers in the, in the conference. And and Stafford's playing at a high level. You got a coach that's been there, and you have still, you know, not not getting as much hype this year, but still arguably the best player in the entire league, and Aaron Aaron Donald. So that's not a team anyone wants to to face. And I certainly think you know, still where we're at, even though what the current standings say, still mo- more likely the Eagles are the two seed. And and I don't think the Eagles would be looking forward to that matchup at all. I don't think the Cowboys would be either. But at least the Cowboys would, you know, have that. Back of mind that you know the Rams played the Eagles very close earlier in the season, you know held them to twenty three, right, right. and and that was the way that well, I don't even that might have been was that was definitely when Stafford was banged up. Mm-hmm. You know, if he missed the game, but he was banged up. Whereas the Cowboys at least would have the confidence of they they beat they beat the Rams pretty badly here early in the season. True. But yeah, I mean they're playing great football. You know we were talking about the Packers a couple weeks ago. You know as long as they don't do anything stupid down the stretch. They should be fine and hold two straight stupid games. So they're pretty much done, I think. I think they're done. They've got to be done, right? I mean, yeah. who'd you lose? They lost to the Giants and then the Buccaneers, right, in consecutive weeks. I mean, that Giants yeah. game is just a killer game, right? You can't you can't lose that yeah. game. It's similar to Steelers, right? They lost to who? The the Cardinals and that's right. Two ten yeah. two and ten teams or whatever. And just it's crippling. And it, you know, you'd be you'd be right there if you're if you're the Packers. Even if you even setting aside, you know, whatever things happen, you you the Buccaneers game, even though you're at home, you know, whatever, but you, you just win that Giants game and you're you're at seven and seven, but you're above the Saints because you beat the Saints earlier mm-hmm. in the season and you're you know, you're pretty you're still right back in a good position and they, they close with Panthers, Vikings, Bears. So, you know, winnable games for sure but they're really really going to need some help i think going down the stretch now and then you know we will the seahawks i think you know that that was a game they absolutely had to have and i don't think a lot of people expected them to get with with drew lock in there so that was a huge win for them as well that drew lock moment after the game was pretty cool too yeah that, yeah that interview right just yeah, that, the interview was cool. His celebration after hitting JSM for the touchdown with with Gino on the side, you know, looking at Gino on the sideline, that was cool as well. It was a it was a great game, honestly. We maybe we should have we'll get to it in a bit, but maybe we should have thrown that in there for a that's game. That's true. Of the week. <laughs> now that we're talking about it, that, that's so true. It had so <laughs> many, so many just different. Ty- you know, I was a glass case of emotions, just like yeah, no, oh gosh, yeah. and like just you know, and then Pete Carroll's just kind of. Uh, decisions or, or whatever. But I mean, I, I look at like the Falcons though. I think we've talked to them several times. My last point about this is they are just, I think a team that is obviously a quarterback away, but I think they're so poorly coached this year by Arthur Smith offensively. We, we, I think 
they've given him kudos in the past, but they just not enough. But John Robinson, I, I get he fumbles, you know, that what are we, you know, why draft him so high? If you're just not going to give him opportunities, I get you have Algiers, then don't draft him. draft someone else yeah. that you need. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I just don't, it doesn't, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense the way that he's playing in it. I, you know, I think we all sort of agreed when he was the OC in Tennessee, you know, he did a nice job with some things, but he sort of does seem like maybe the classic case of someone who with a great coach, a great head coach, like Mike Vrabel sort of setting the, the, the course for him and saying, or this parameters, is right? This, this is, is this yeah. is what it, this is what I want us to be like. He can be a terrific OC, but when he's got too much of the, the control, maybe he's just not that guy because I mean, I think it was a pretty tepid vote of confidence from, from the owner here this week where all he basically said was I he's we're, we're fully behind him for the next three games. Like, all that means is you're not going to fire him. Until I, next the month. defense has improved immensely compared to last year, yes. right? I, I I think this should be a playoff team, and I I think Arthur Blank has every right to to question Arthur Smith. But anyway, we're talking about the team's not probably even going to make the playoffs. But um, that's just our NFL playoff picture view for Week 17, and we'll be back in a moment. All right, we're going into our fan zone. Let's talk first about the Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots. Just just a few, I think, comments for me. I felt like that first drive, I'm going to go through that with you guys. So Mahomes, 32-yard pass to Noah Gray. Great start, first and 10 at, you know, the Chiefs, 38. Next pass to to Rashi Rice, four yards, penalty on New England. Illegal use of hand. So it's basically a nine-yard play, right? First and 10 on New England's 25. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, five-yard rush. Okay, we're looking good. The, and this call was, was I, I think, controversial, personally. Uh, second and five at the New England 20. Mahomes, short pass right to Kadarius Tony for 16 yards down to the New England four. Penalty on Rasheed Rice, offensive pass interference, 10 yards. So no play. So it's second and 15 at the New England 30. On that play, it's second and five at the New England 20. I, I don't know if you saw it, Dave. But he literally was running his route. I don't even think he was looking, and he ran into the New England corner or safety. Yeah. And to me, it wasn't a foul. It's just like he, both players just ran into each other, and it was more of a fluke. I thought it was a non-call. We haven't got many calls this year, which is fine. I'm not, you know, going to complain about that. But so it led to second and fifteen at the New England thirty. Mind you, we would have been on the New England four if the penalty did not happen. Pass to Kelsey, four yards, third and 11 on the 26 of New England. Another six-yard dunk to to McKinnon. Fine, right? Well, it's fourth and five on the New England 20. We roll out Harrison Butker, who I love and I trust, but this is a a summary of just the year he misses a 39-yard field goal. My point is this, right? You get great momentum, first drive, penalty. Right, there's just been a lot of those times this year. Jawan Taylor is suspect number one, two, and three on the offensive line. Uh, I think Creed Humphrey has struggled a little bit with some penalties, and um, Smith as well. Uh, but every time that offense gets going, there's a penalty. It has been a killer mistake for them, and and just not allowed us to get points when we need them the most. 
I don't know if you saw the stat that 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 is good, right? The in the first half, under two minutes, we are the the highest scoring team under two minutes, right? Getting getting points, good stat, right? Second half, ooh, another another point of that. Again, Kadarius Tony, did you see the drop? That's tough. I, it, did you see Mahomes' reaction too? I mean, I, yeah, poor guy, yeah. man. I, I I feel like they're He's just giving him, you know, giving him chances. I you know I've seen people be like, hey, let's let's keep him in the backfield. I agree. If we're just gonna make him a gadget player, let's just do that, right? Have a motion. Let's toss him in front, you know, kind of thing. Single wing play was pretty cool. Did you know Joe Tooney actually snapped the ball there? Yeah, they had yeah, him at center. They tell it. You couldn't even tell him tell live, and t- it took a, a thing or two. What did he, he saw? What did Nagy saw that play? He Gosh. said he saw it. It was like he it said he insane. saw it. Like he, he, I can't remember where he he said he saw it, but he saw it somewhere in like a smaller school game or something like that. Like, hold on, let me let me see. He I, saw it in a high school game, didn't he, or something? It, um, I'm trying to read. Well, said Matt Nagy saw I saw grainy footage of the play being run in the 1940s. There you go. Columbia. Yes, yeah. yes, that's it. That's it. And I think Peter King uh, was talking about that on his um, yeah. Monday morning, uh, whatever it is, FNIA or whatever, um, football yeah. morning in America. Uh, so that was cool, right? You know, you 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 executed well. Pat Stevenson didn't know what to do. But the Tony, again, you're up two touchdowns. The dude – I mean – or you're up yeah. 17. Sorry, you're up 17. The guy drops it. You're going to drive down and probably score. If he, honestly, you probably could have gone another 20 yards at least if he catches the ball. I mean, Mahomes just put it right in his hands. And then I, I just want to praise, praise Lord, hallelujah. Sky Moore is on IR, one of the worst receiver <laughs> years as well. I think we didn't learn a lot from this game. It's New England. Fourth quarter was weird. They didn't even try to really, you know, when they went down 10, they still didn't really try to push the issue. It just seems like they're in tank mode, which they should be. They're awful. Bailey Zappi is not the answer. Their good defense thing they, is, Good thing they took a kicker in the fourth round who has who missed, sucks. Uh, missed like 35% of his kicks this season. That was, I mean, how many you times? Certainly couldn't, you certainly couldn't have used any talented player in you know, a position player. In or, the fourth yeah, round. just another chance to draft someone that might pan out right instead of just a kicker that is just such. You shouldn't draft kickers. I mean, it's just. I mean, look at look at Aubrey. Oh, but right. <laughs> um, I, mean, I think for me, for me, my takeaway from the offense was I think the encouraging thing I guess is that it seems like twelve is now sort of the base personnel yes. here. You yes. know, you're That's you're yeah. you're it's, you're running R- Rice and Watson, basically the two trusted receivers here out there, and then you got Kelsey and you've got Gray. You know, those are those four guys are your out there for the Lions play of the snaps now at this point. And you have McKinnon you know, back, right? Where we can play him. Right. You know, remember how many yeah. catches he had last year for touchdowns, right? Yeah. So he's another weapon in the red zone. I do think I saw a tweet today. I'm not holding him to it. But Justin Ross is coming back. He might have an elevated, you know, snap count. I would love to see it. Give him a chance against 
No other team other than the Raiders, right? But, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, Rasheed Rice had nine catches, what, 91 yards and a touchdown. I mean. was on. He was on the field for 92% of the snaps. You know, Kelsey's 77% of the snaps. Watson, 68. And then Noah Gray for 51. So, like, more, the, more often, you know, the majority of your, your plays, you're in 12 right now. And then, obviously, with Pacheco out, the, the running back rotation was, like you said, just Edwards Hilaire and, and McKinnon, basically 100% of the, the mm-hmm. snaps between the two of them. But, I mean, you're looking at it. I think it, it's interesting. I think that's, if you know, settling on that, I, I think that's also, like, with especially bringing Pacheco back, like, you know, that's an effective, I think, 12, 12 with Pacheco in there, you can run the ball out of that like pretty yeah. effectively. Yeah. And I think, you know, Edwards Hilaire the last couple of weeks probably has gotten his confidence up a little, you know, played, yeah, played great catch, well. by the way, great catch yeah. in the end zone. Holy smokes. Yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, it also like even on that second drive, the, the 48 yarder to, yeah. to him really was what sort of opened up the, the game for them and busted it open and got the, got the offense going. So, you know, you got, you've, you've got now three like running backs. You feel like you can rely on and rotate in and out, maybe keep Pacheco fresher and out, out mm-hmm. of danger for the playoffs. So, I mean, I think that's the answer right there. I, I would still kind of like, you say, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm sold on Justin Watson as your number two receiver here. Like, maybe and, and two, I, it's so obvious though, when we're going deep with Justin Watson, like when he threw yeah. the ball and I'm like, oh, it's going to be play action to Justin Watson deep ball. Like, it's just, yeah. it's very predictable. It's like Christian McCaffrey predicting, you know, what Hertz was going to do. On, did you see that? Well, on the Manning cast yeah. where he's like, uh, oh yeah, he's going to go. They're going to do a, a pole guard, you know, thing. But yeah, I mean, I think I'm not, I've, you got to be optimistic when you have Mahomes. but I mean, the, we just didn't learn enough. I don't think I, like you said, I think he's tightening it up. He's figuring out the personnel, right. Of like, it's got to be Rasheed Rice, two tight ends. I do like Noah Gray. I think he's been effective enough. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Kelsey, they're, they're really, they're, they're limiting him somewhat because I do think. They just want him healthy in the playoffs. I mean, that's just yeah. Really- and I mean, he. I think it's not a surprise to anyone really that to. I mean, it's not a controversial statement to watch him play this season and say I, one of two things is true: either he's still got nagging injuries that he's playing through, or he's lost a step in general. And whatever the answer is, there one way or the other, like you need to manage him and to make sure he's he's still fresh or healthy for the playoffs. So, I mean, to have him normally, a lot of the times he's out there for a hundred percent of the snaps to see him, you know, sitting a quarter of the snaps of the game on offense sort of shows that that's Andy Reid, a probably growing some trust in Noah Gray, but then also, you know, trying to keep manage, especially in a game like that, you you knew you're going to beat the Patriots, you know, you're going to beat the Raiders unless something catastrophic happens, you know, keep him, keep him fresh. And he still leads the league in receiving yards as a tight end at 924. So, I mean, he's still having a good year. His just standard yeah. is so high. I mean, it's it, it's tough. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, we got the Raiders, obviously Bengals, and then Chargers. We're not going to learn a ton. But you went out. I do think, like we talked about, there is the case possibly for the one seed. I think two seed is more realistic right now, which, which is totally fine, you know. Anything can happen once you get in the playoffs. Ravens could lose, and we could be hosting a sixth AFC championship game. And that's our fan zone for the Chiefs, Dave. Uh, uh, I know. 
Well, the, the Cowboys marched on into Buffalo on Sunday and uh, they got their ass thoroughly kicked in the game. It was just pretty much across the board, which is becoming the customary result against when they go on the road against a good team that's not in their division. They obviously know how to play in Philly. They're not, they don't seem bothered by that. They don't seem to change much and they, they play well when they're in Philly or New York or, you know, Washington. Yeah. Uh, but it just seems like, you know, we, we saw their, their game plan completely change. You know, the, the shifts in the motion that we saw, you know, since the buy incorporated into the offense were, you know, almost much, much lower, just uh, 44% of the, the snaps, the fewest since the, the last road ass kicking that they got in San Francisco. Um, and you, you know, with that being the case, Dak really just looked uncomfortable in the pocket all day. I mean, they weren't the the Bills had that too high shell going the whole game, and there's just nothing called to beat that. You know, you and I were talking earlier in the week. You know, just just routes where every player on the field is running the same a route to the same you know level. Which how are you going to have anyone freed up for space if that's the case? And it just looks like. It looks like they go in to a, the road against on the road against a good team, and they just they like just get tentative, and they are trying. They change their game plan, and they try to like not lose or try to not give it away, and try to just hang in there. And it doesn't make any sense to do that when you're playing well, playing a certain style. Like keep playing the style that made you play well. It almost also looked like they were going into that game expecting a completely different like weather than happened like they were expecting the weather to be much worse and it, and then they never adjusted i think there's a case to be made you know B- buffalo the cowboys win the toss and defer to the second half buffalo takes the opening drive and just runs it right down the cowboys throats and and scores and just keeps running i think there's a case to be made that in these types of games if you're gonna get tentative early if you're down that you should maybe take the ball this is not something i am ever really a you know yeah. endorsing is is taking the ball i'm always a, a fan of deferring to the second half but you know it seems like you get out of your rhythm or out of confidence that quickly then maybe you do need the the ball to start the game go out there and and try to get some points and and establish control over the game i, I just I, it just felt like the the coaching game plan completely changed and i don't know why i mean i i know I, this thing that you know hurt hurts has this illness that's like kind of like a weird mystery illness that's going through the NFL. I know a lot of the Cowboys had that as well. I don't know if maybe they mm-hmm. changed the game plan during the week to try to, you know, manage that somehow. And which a side note, I don't this they I I don't know if it was Rappaport or someone, but made sure to say about Hurts that he has flu-like symptoms, but it is not the flu. So. If it's that not, doesn't make if he has flu like symptoms and it's not the flu, and then presumably it's also not COVID, then what is it? But I, I know a lot of the players on the Cowboys had this weird illness too. I don't, so I don't know what's going on in the in the league right now, but a little little kind of concerning just from a general standpoint. If there's just this weird right, virus right. going around that nobody was willing to talk about what it is, it might be COVID. Also, they just don't want to talk I was about say, it. Right? It's possible that it's COVID and they're just lying because they don't want him to have to, to yeah. sit out. But yeah, I mean, the, the run defense was obviously you know an abomination, but I do think that's one of those things where yes, they were certainly missing Jonathan Hankins, the big fellow in the middle who. I think maybe they'll they'll get him back for week 18, but if not, you know, should be back for the playoffs. But 
I also think that this is just not a good run defense in general, and it hasn't been all year. And it's more of a thing where the way they have managed and played offensively has sort of rendered it a non-issue. So, I mean, it was, it was glaring. I, yeah, I don't even felt like they were going up the middle of the field though. Right. That's that's the thing is that's why you can't necessarily really blame. Like, obviously I'm sure, you know, you have to compensate, maybe pull in a little when the big fellow is missing from the middle, but I, a lot of these runs are off tackle to the edges and just, you know, 12 missed tackles uh, by the defense in the game, which is easily the most of the, the season. I mean, I think that they're a bad, they're a mediocre to below average run defense who had a really, like an even worse day, but they're a below average run defense. I just think for the most part, the way the offense has played and the way the, that they've been able to manage game flow has, like, teams can't. Like, what are you going to do if, if Cowboys are scoring touchdowns, throwing the ball down the field every single possession? You're going to not really feel like you can just run, 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 run the whole time. So I, mean, I think a lot of it is just like this. If the Cowboys offense is, comes out and scores touchdowns on their first two or three possessions in this game, then the Bills are not going to run for 270 yards and they wouldn't have to throw the ball. Just, but if, if I told you last week before this game that, Josh Allen was 7 of 15, 94 yards and a touchdown. You would be ecstatic. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not on the attempts, but if the the like because then it would have been like, well, what they st- what happened right, on the other right. 50 snaps, which is <laughs> what happened. I think what I also think about think is that Dan Quinn got completely fooled by the Bills and I don't know if the Bills walked into that game saying we're going to run the ball you know, 45 times, or if they started running and just decided to keep going with it. But I think that Quinn was absolutely loaded up to beat Josh Allen running the ball and Josh Allen, you know, throwing the ball over the field. And then it just didn't feel like he ever really adjusted or at least even in halftime, you know, Buffalo had their highest run rate over expected in the game in the last three seasons. Um, they just really never they they seemed to think that it was going to be a quarterback run game and it was a running back run game and they just didn't ever change up to to keep pace with that well i don't know what film he was watching because james cook got He's the good. ball against the chiefs yep got it yep. i mean they ran a, it was just flip a similar play to cook for a touchdown pass similar and i'm like oh my god they just ran that last week against the chiefs right and it's yep it's concerning the part too about my, my question to you is, you know, Dak was uncomfortable in the pocket. Do you think that was more of a byproduct of the play calling and, or I guess, or do you think the bills defensive line was good enough to get to home to him quick enough? Or there's just, cause, cause you know, I don't really rate the Buffalo bills D line but they've been playing somewhat well. I think they do lead the league in sacks. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that part? I think, I think that, I think that the, the way it came out, I think I have seen Dak in the past have a, a little bit of issues in sort of like drizzly rainy weather. So I'm wondering if he just, you know, was going in a little tentative because he didn't think he, his grip on the ball was going to be good or whatever. Um, but then I think that sort of the game situation just sort of added to it. I mean, it, 
it felt like they'd run under 10 plays, you know, midway through the second quarter of the game. So I think that some of that, you know, by the time they ever, they just never really got into the flow of the offense for the game. I don't, I don't know exactly, haven't heard exactly what the Cowboys usual like game script is, how many plays they, whether it's 10, 15, 20, but I'd, I'd be shocked if they ever even got through all of those before they had to sort of scrap it all and, you know, and those are designed to get the quarterback comfortable, get him into the flow of the game, get the rhythm going. And they just did not have the ball because they, they kept going through and out. And I think the real killer was was the the holding penalty on that first drive where they were moving the ball by Tyler Smith. That was a real, you know, just killer or that I guess their second or third drive where they that was a real killer because I think that's a drive where they're they're going to get points, you know, on that they're going to get a touchdown on that drive and completely, you know, Buffalo then has to kind of be like, okay, we're only up seven, see what happens. Instead, they settle for a field goal. It's 14 to three. It was a stupid decision to kick the field goal. You went from down two scores to down two scores. So I don't know what really the point of that is, but yeah, I, I mean, I just think they never got comfortable. And then as the game progressed, the bills were able to sort of pin their ears back and, and rush the passer. And then also the Zach Martin injury, means that, you know, very bad right guard is going in there, TJ Bass. So I, I just think it was sort of a, a combination of things. He never looked comfortable. They never really established the offense. And then by that point, it was desperation time. And they just did not have anything dialed up to beat that that Bills zone. It, it was mystifying, really. I mean, yeah. it, and then I, I do think ultimately they, they were going to get beat in this game regardless i obviously picked the bills to win the game but i do think some of maybe the pearl clutching about it being a blowout is sort of skewed a little bit by like the several personal fouls that sort of like literally turned either punts into touchdown Mm -hmm. drives or field goals into touchdowns where like yeah they would have lost the game but like the the stupid pump block you know literally like which led to a disagreement between McCarthy and Fossil because evidently Fossil didn't tell him that Sam Williams was the only one who was who was on block. Everyone else on it was on return, so it's sort of like a one man block. And granted, he should have blocked the kick. He it worked. Yes, and yes. He just he just got caught in the air and missed the ball, and then it turns into a penalty. But I mean that the personal foul on Demarcus Lawrence, you know, extending the drive there and turning. I guess that would have that was a field goal drive into a touchdown drive, and then the personal foul on Curse, you know, for a really a weak hit on a defenseless receiver. So I I think that sort of skews it. You know, yeah, it was thirty-one to three or whatever. But if you if you sort of like take those into consideration, it was probably more of like a, at its worst a seventeen to three or a twenty to three type game. So, you know, they scored a it, it wasn't quite as bad as it seemed. They just they just made stupid mistakes that compounded the the like level of beating that they were going to get. So it's going to happen. I thought they would lose the game. I, it was obviously alarming how badly they lost the game. And then you you're playing right into Mike McDaniel next week, who's obviously going to look at that and, and have his mustard and have HN and you know, dream up a lot of crazy things. So we will see how they respond to it, but obviously just a pathetic performance really from start to finish. I think that's the the concern, right? On the level of McCarthy, is he going to be able to lead you and, and Dak to just a little bit more of a higher level than Garrett? This team 
just they somewhat fought, but I'm just waiting for this team to have a moment where they win a game that truly feels like they like to me, this was a moment right for them in Dak. And you just, for me, I, I put money on it. I, I, I picked them right. And this is why I think it gives a lot of people questions about number four, which could be, you know, unfounded. You look at the stats, they're really good, but it's, we're just waiting for those moments. And I think that is the only thing that's going to be a blemish on his record. Unfortunately, is, is he going to get, through those those times and everybody gets blown out but they've been playing just so well like i said the season is so up and down i just hope this isn't just a precursor for you guys in the playoffs where it it could just be that the the run the the run defense could be that just could be your kryptonite i mean you you're going to have to i mean you're going to have to learn lessons from this and again sort of like i was saying with with deferring to the second half like if you're on the road against a good team you're gonna have to understand that you don't necessarily respond your team does not necessarily respond well when things start to cascade in the wrong direction and you need to say okay so maybe we'll maybe we'd learn maybe we'd be better in a bad situation but we haven't proven we can be, so let's do everything we can to avoid yeah. getting be on the front situation. foot. Let's try yeah. to attack yeah. and go. We yeah. need to get out there and score early. We need to take the lead early because as soon as this team gets a lead, then you know that's when they start forcing turnovers and then get big plays open up. But it's like you need. That's why it's like again, kicking the field goal down fourteen nothing when you just had gotten you know the ball rammed down your throat two straight drives. Like what is that field goal going to do for you? What what is well, how is that going to help if they then score on the next drive and go up twenty one to three, which is exactly what happened. It's like you have to play aggressive, like especially on the road, and it just does not doesn't seem like McCarthy has gotten that lesson yet outside of the NFC East, which where as we as we have seen, maybe maybe even doing that against Philadelphia is not that impressive. True, and we'll talk more about that. But that is our fan zone for week 15. And we'll be back in a second. All right. We're going to go over our week 15 review quickly here. Uh, We've got our player of the week. Goes to none other than Christian McCaffrey. 18 rushes, 115 yards, an average of 6.4 yards per carry, one touchdown, five catches, 72 yards, 14.4 yards per catch, two touchdowns. The man is just on fire this year. Yeah, I mean, we've always sort of said about McCaffrey, awesome player when he's healthy, you know, had had that run where it seemed like he played what, like 10 games in two seasons, his last full, his last two full seasons in Carolina. And, and then obviously some of the time he was even healthy in Carolina, they weren't that great. So, you know, one of those players who just needed to get put into the right spot. And, and I think I personally, I thought I laughed when the 49ers traded for him. 
Um, didn't didn't really think that was going to do much. Why spend all those resources for a running back who gets hurt all the time? You are you already have a you know good running back room with Elijah Mitchell, and you use Depot a lot. Blah blah blah. But he really has unlocked an, another level in that offense. And I mean, I think if the intelligent argument, if you want to, if you want to. Uh, 49ers uh, player to win MVP would be Christian McCaffrey, not the yak master himself, Brock Purdy. No, I mean, look, Brock, there's still got to be someone steering the ship, right, in terms of for Brock Purdy, but McCaffrey's got 20 touchdowns on the year, right, with three games still to play. The dude is just... 20 touchdowns on the season and is averaging, if you, you know, from a yards from scrimmage standpoint is averaging like 120 yards per game from scrimmage. Um, You know, that's really what, what makes them tick. And it's like those other guys, Debo and scary kettle and, and and all those guys, they're, they're hard to cover and scheme for and were, you know, before he joined the team. But unlocking that that element of of now all of those guys as good as they are are not the the guys you're the most scared of. It's McCaffrey. So then that just makes those other guys even more dangerous. That's what I think really is is the worry is his ability to do everything out of the backfield or split out wide is what really makes them impossible to guard. And I would also say the person who's steering the ship is uh not Brock Purdy the person who is well, steering the ship is that's true he, that's true just saying, Purdy has had a great year but we have not I mean what did we see last season how many games did we get with a non-Purdy quarterback with the McCaffrey version of offense fully healthy now what one or two before the the injury started and Purdy had to take over. I think you would have found even Jimmy G if you gave him a full season with this version of the offense, they would be doing just as good. Is is my cast is is very yeah. good in the well the and, and so. Jimmy G had a great supporting cast and they were able to to do good things. But if you add McCaffrey on top of that, I think there's yeah. a lot of quarterbacks who could who could who could do well. I, I agree. I, I think there's not enough talk for Christian McCaffrey as MVP. I think any year, this is the year for a non QB to win the MVP. Cause there's just not really that standout guy, honestly. And I if do. If they give it to Purdy, then there will never be another non quarterback to win MVP ever again. If you're, if you're lowering your standards that much to just, guy who just gives the ball to all the amazing guys on the offense who make who actually make the offense tick then then you're basically saying it's impossible for anyone who plays those positions that aren't quarterback to win it i i agree i agree and that's our player of the week christian mccaffrey of the san francisco 49ers against the arizona cardinals destroying them now our bum of the week, none other than Salami. Nick Sirianni, folks. Our, Nikki. Our intrepid coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, which who is learning a good lesson of this is why you don't jump up and down and scream and celebrate and yell obscenities at other teams' fans when you when you beat when you get a big win. Because everyone is going to stomp on your grave when you start to play poorly. 
This well, is why it's called. The name of the game is you are an adult. You're a grown ass man in your forties. Act like it. You're a head coach, not a big fat Italian right. sideline. Right. And guess what? We beat your ass in the Super Bowl. You guys can have that Monday night win or whatever, dude. Go, go, get out the, of here. The win that you only got because. Let, let's just remind the the, like the listeners here, Dave, about their week. It started off pretty interesting, right? With well, we didn't find out till literally almost what Sunday or was it Monday that Sunday, Sunday, Sunday yeah, that they had replaced their defensive coordinator Sean Des Desai Desai for the artist formerly known as Matt Patricia, who was on the offensive side of the ball with new England. And that went really well last year. So he's back on the defensive side. I don't know. I don't know. So we're going to throw that out there, right? That he's. It went great. I mean, I think it was honestly, I think it was a smart move by the Eagles. I mean, lest we forget Matt Patricia single, almost single handedly allowed the Eagles offense to win a super bowl Five years ago, giving up 600 yards of offense to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. No, he was not on the Eagles. He was on the Patriots defense at the time. Oh, well, still. But he played a big role in the, in the Eagles' only Super yes, Bowl win. That yes, yes. So, I mean, I think we need to give the guy some credit. He's he's always been a big part of Eagles history. No, I mean, I, I just thought that was a weird – honestly, that was mainly what I the, – the first reason – I might have wanted to put him in there. I might have put him in as a as a candidate for bum of the week even before the the game, the Eagles game because I think that that is such a weird, panicky move, just because you lost at the time two straight games to good teams teams two teams that are better than you, like yes, I I thought that was very odd. Like, I I didn't really understand that that just. If you're the defending NFC champion, at the you have you're tied for the best record, in and the you talk so point. much shit on the sidelines, you can't yeah. like literally have confidence in your guys who are new, by the way, because yeah. you replaced two coordinators that went yeah. on to become head coaches that are, to me, I mean, Steichen is doing amazing with the Colts. Gannon has, I think, the Cardinals competitive enough. They're not, you know, talent wise, but to me, it was such a scare. You know, you're, you're such a little. As a, it was a it was a panic move. I I just didn't really understand what the point of that was. It it isn't like Patricia wasn't in the. I mean, you know, they tried to spin it as like, oh, the defensive players have been really impressed by Matt Patricia. It's like, yeah, I'm sure. And the Detroit Lions front office was really impressed by him when they hired him to be their head coach. How'd that turn out? Yeah, Bill Belichick was really impressed by him when he decided to turn him into the offensive coordinator last year. How'd that turn out? Like. I'm sure he's impressive. He keeps getting jobs. I'm sure he interviews well or sounds good, but obviously the guy is not really going to fix the I, I, issues that you and, have. And on this, the team. like, that leads me down a path we don't, you know, I don't want to go into, but it's like the turnover of some of these stooges that continually get jobs that suck. It's just, it's literally a fraternity, right? It's just literally the a frat boy fraternity of like, hey, I know this guy. He's my buddy and, you know, he sounds good. And it's like, dude, the guy is not a good coach. Why do you think Belichick let up, you know, maybe he was, yeah. but he had Belichick, right? I mean, and yeah. then obviously let's go into the game, right? You lose 20 to 17 to the Seahawks. Obviously, Seahawks needed the game to to stay in the playoff chase here. But 
Jalen Hurts is struggling. Uh, go, go ahead about the press conference, too, by the way, at the end, you know, with that Hurts throw pick where – you're, oh, what, how much? How I many mean, seconds was left? Like third? I, I mean, nineteen, I think. What you had nineteen, yeah. or by the end of the play, there was there was thirteen. But you had enough time for you had enough time for two plays, and you needed considering you're talking about the kicker who, who the kicker who made a fifty nine yarder in the rain outdoors in Philly like a month ago to, to send Buffalo to overtime. You needed to get to about the forty five yard line to have a chance. You needed fifteen yards, like 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 you said, 10, 15 yards. And Sirianni apparently has decided that that said or claimed that the play call that resulted in the AJ Brown interception or the interception down the field was a, was the whole play call was designed to get a pass interference, which if you're, if you're, that's the sort of thing that maybe I'd understand if you, it's the last play of the game and you're like, Oh, we, we need we're trying to get 40 yards to get in field goal range and if it's a, and we need a dpi so that the game can end on a defensive penalty and we get one untimed down to kick the field goal there's a desperation move and you were not in a de- you were in a pressure situation but you were not in a desperation situation you had two plays to pick up 15 yards and you had you still had a timeout left too so you the whole field was available to you you could have gone over the middle called a timeout you know what it, it that's that's baffling to me again and you know what that is to me that's like a panic situation and so it's just for for panicking in all sorts of ways in response to what was just a two-game losing streak to two teams that are better than you nick sirianni aka salami you are a bomb oh, of the week bomb of the week and we're just going to go quickly over our last two because we're, we're kind of running behind a little bit here. We, we want to get to our watchable section. Game of the week was the Minnesota Vikings at Cincinnati Bengals. I have honorable mention the Eagles Seahawks. That probably should be number, game of the week. But what a big win by the Bengals when in overtime over the Minnesota Vikings. Bizarre fourth call, fourth down call. I think Kevin O'Connell is is really scratching his head on that one. I, I felt like the Vikings should have won that game, but oh, they yeah. choked it away. Was it? It was what seventeen to three in the fourth quarter of the game. It was seventeen three going to the fourth quarter yeah. of that game, yep. and you're playing a backup quarterback. You know, you were really controlling the whole game to that point. You know, dominating them, and boy, that fourth quarter, Jake Browning really came alive and. They, they played great. I, I, honestly, it was a, such a weird game, weird time slot, 2 p.m. on Saturday or whatever the hell it was. I think we, we got within three minutes of it. it. The most fitting result would have been for McPherson to miss that field goal and, and us to have a tie because that felt like just a weird game that should have Similar had a to the result. Titans and the Texans, right? That felt like that was yeah. going to be a tie, right, as well. But uh, yeah, Vikings, Bengals, congrats, Eagles, Seahawks, games of the week. And our team of the week, we talked about them when we talked about the Cowboys game. It's the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, Sean McDermott. You've made up for your your talk about the terrorist thing. Actually, you probably haven't, but uh, shame on you for saying that. That's ridiculous. But that is our team of the week, the Buffalo Bills. And we'll be back in a moment for our washables section. All right. Our point spread is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. 
It's our watchable section. Everybody get ready to go. We got a little weird schedule here with Monday being Christmas day. We do have three games. So Thursday night football with Kirk and Al, we have the new Orleans saints at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are favored by four over under is 46. I'm leaning towards the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. Two teams going in different directions. It feels like, I mean, the saints are hanging around there. They, they're still in the playoff picture. I just don't really feel really any type of positive vibes about them and the way that they're playing and the way that their season is going. It does sound like they will get Chris Olave back for the for that game. Doesn't matter yeah. when you have Derek Carr as quarterback right now. I just they just they're not they're hot, yeah, tough I mean, to watch. I I know they scored against the Giants, but they are tough to watch. Yeah, and I think this little stretch of of Panthers Panthers Giants has really been a net negative for them, just because it it made it gave it clear that Dennis Allen is looking for every reason to stick with Derek Carr rather than reasons to go away. And this stretch of two games against awful teams with nothing to play for, like, has sort of I think tricked them into thinking that he's fine. Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards the Rams on this one. Just Rams are playing really well. Saints have won two straight, but they, like you said, nothing feels good about it. Nah, the Rams are playing well, right? I, I, I like the Rams in this game. Thursday night can be weird, but the Saints are traveling halfway across the country for Thursday night on short rest, obviously, in terms of like it's Sunday to, to Thursday, you know, kind of thing as well. Who did the Rams beat last week? They look good. Gosh, my memory is killing. Rams beat uh, the Rams beat the Commanders. That's it. I mean, they raced yeah. raced out to the big lead and then sort of held on at the end. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, they covered. So, um, I, I like the Rams in this game. I, I think they're going to make a push to the playoffs, and then I think they're going to be a team that if the Lions uh, or the two seed whoever uh, draws them, it's going to be an interesting game. I like what McVay's doing at Rams. And our Saturday games. Yeah, see, the schedule's all over the place this week. Two Saturday games. Cincinnati Bengals at Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are getting two points. Bengals are favored by two in Pittsburgh. Over-under is 37. This is time for Pittsburgh. They, they've got to have this game or they're, they're out of the playoffs. And I don't think they're breaking 500. What's- What's what's that sound? What's that sound, Maddie? Is that is that Mason Rudolph's music? My God, <laughs> Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? What? <laughs> Mason, honestly, good good point there. You know that somewhere out there, talking to a wall with no one present. If if the Steelers win, Chris Chris Berman's gonna say, "Mason Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, get the job done for the Steelers." It's probably on ESPN Plus, isn't it? The what? <laughs> it's oh somewhere. my god! It's somewhere, but I'm not watching it. I know, I know. Uh, I'm leaning towards. What did you say? I, I do miss the uh, the primetime music. I know. I'm taking. Oh, great Steelers. You're taking the Steelers. I am taking the Steelers. Screw it. Wow. I, I, you know, I, this is the, you know, this is the last, I think 
shot for Mike Tomlin at the OK Corral. I think he's going to get somehow a result. If they lose here, I think he's his job is in jeopardy. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they want to let him go, but they they may they may not have a choice at this point. Yeah, I'm going to lean towards the Bengals on this one. I think, you know, they won a game that they played awful in last week against a team. I think that's probably a similar caliber as Pittsburgh. You know, a, a team yeah. with a decent defense in Minnesota, but on backup quarterback. I, th- I think if Kenny if Kenny Pickett was playing as much of a non-believer, remember as Chase I is out. Him, I I... Oh, is he? I think he's shoulder. Out. Well, he was in a little gurn. He looks like he's. I. I think he's going to be out a few weeks, even though they I they thought, haven't I ruled him he, out. I thought they have not ruled him out. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I. Think I just sort of assumed he. I just sort of assumed he would try to figure out a way to play because he's he's kind of a monster. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think my my other thing is bad vibes from that Steelers locker room with the George Pickens comments about, you know, didn't feel like blocking. You know, because he didn't want to get. And then Jalen Warren's like, I would have blocked for him. And I'm like, yeah, this is. See, this feels like to me sort of like a locker room sort of collapsing in on himself. I'm going to, I'm still going with the Bengals on this one. I I think they're going to get the win. I trust Jake Browning more than I trust Mason Rudolph Mitchell Trubisky. The NFL is just such this quagmire, right? Because like my heart is telling me I want the Bengals to keep winning so the Bills get out of the playoffs, right? Because they do have the head to head. But I just, for some weird reason, think the Steelers at home are going to win a game. And, and I, I really don't like picking Rudolph, but, I, you know, it, it's it's just that time of year, Dave. It's that time of year. Well, so call me crazy. time, baby. I know. I know. <laughs> our next game, our Sunday night game only on Peacock is the Buffalo Bills at Los Angeles Chargers. Bills are favored by 11 and a half at SoFi Field over under is 44. I am hitting the Bills button all day long. I mean, that might be my lock of the week, but it probably isn't because that's a lot of points. But I think the Bills thrash the Chargers because they are in free fall mode. Yeah, I've just, you know, I'm not really seeing it from Easton Stick. Shocking (laughs) as that may be. Not really seeing it. I it looks like Keenan Allen still has a chance to play. So you know he missed last week. You know, may or may not. How's he getting the ball though? I I mean, who's? (laughs) Yeah, but he's pretty. He's he's pretty reliably open. I'm just gonna quick aside here. Um, I was missing Chris Olave, Pacheco, and Keenan Allen all ruled out of my week two of the semifinals in my fantasy league, and I lost the two week matchup by nine points. um, Oh my god! Are you kidding me? Your lovely- oh, yeah. To my lovely wife, who is now, uh, granted, she has been destroying everyone and is definitely the best team in the league. She, I just got, I would have had a chance because her quarterback is Dak, her wide receiver, her number one wide receiver is CD. She has the Dallas defense. Well, but, but I'm just saying that I was really screwed by injuries this year in fantasy between those three guys and Joe Burrow and Tank Dell and. Darren Waller and all those guys. But something tells me that I don't know that the Bills are going to cover, but they're going to win. I think I'm leaning towards the Chargers on this one. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I just just feel like you know cross country travel, coming off a big emotional win, coming off two big emotional wins. I could see them after playing two really good teams 
having a bit of a letdown. And is Josh I'm... Allen seeing his girlfriend uh, while he's out there? Isn't she? What, what's her name? Haley or whatever. Uh, She's an who's, actress, who, right? Who's who's this? Yeah, who is he? I I just found this out. Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the little girl from True Grit, like fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going and, uh, back. <laughs> yeah, we're old. Um, no, I would hope so, since she's probably in LA. I mean, I, I'm Bills all the way. Bills all the way. So, uh, all right, Eddie. you take those Chargers. We'll, we'll see how it goes. All right, in our Sunday games, we're going into them. So we are at our favorite time, the YouTube TV Sunday ticket must-watch games. I got two games here, although I think with Stroud out, it might be one. Cleveland Browns at Houston Texans. Browns are favored by two and a half, over-under is 40. I think now with Stroud out, you got to lean towards the Browns now, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely leaning the Browns' way. Uh, again, I mean, it, it took a little while. It took till the fourth quarter to to kick in, but I think having like a steady quarterback there and they were able. And Flacco has enough ceiling that even if he does have a bad game and throw some picks, like he he can potentially overcome it. You know, Flacco to Cooper. That's Flacco knows how to get the ball to a guy who can get as open and as Amari Cooper. That's that's tough. That's a tough matchup, I think, for the Texans. They're definitely, you know, their defense is fading a little down the stretch here. No Stroud, no Tank Dell. You know, I, I think I'm leaning Cleveland on this one. Yeah, Cleveland. I mean, I think I do think D'Amico Ryans deserves coach of the year the way he's had this team play. But the Browns are favored by two and a half in Houston. I, I just like them as well. Are more key matchup of the week the dallas cowboys at miami dolphins dolphins favored by one and a half over under is 50 uh, this is the one the one and only a couple couple teams who really have a, a lot to prove against you know a team another good team dolphins think, seem you know. beat up too though right like they seem like they've got some injuries yeah i mean their their whole starting offensive line did not did not practice today. Mostert didn't as well, but apparent, but Mostert has been sitting out Wednesday yeah. practices, most of the year veteran rest. You always kind of forget that he's actually 31 given how fast he is and that he's a running back and still playing well. Um, but yeah. I mean, Dolphins a little banged up here, you know, the home game weather should be solid. I think seventies and humid. So not necessarily a factor there. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly be more, appetizing weather for the Cowboys than what they got in Buffalo. I don't know. It should be an interesting game. Two teams, like I said, with a lot to prove. The Cowboys have not lost consecutive games under <laughs> since midway through Mike McCarthy's second year. So he's mm-hmm. done a good job of, of having them bounce back after after losses. So we'll we'll see. I mean, just... I don't know. It should be an interesting game. I'm I'm inclined to see after the way they they come out after losses. I'm inclined, leaning towards the Cowboys a little bit, but I also, you know, wouldn't be surprised if they come come out and get their doors blown off by Miami. I think McDaniel's is going to have a game plan of running the ball. Is Mostert going to be healthy throughout the whole game? Is A Chan healthy? Is Hill going to be available? I think he might have had his eyes on this game. Possibly my my fandom wants the Cowboys to win so that we can get the two seed. 
Yeah, the well, the run them, defense, like fan. I talked about earlier, is just very alarming in this game. Yeah. I mean, I think if the, the Cal, again, I think that's the, the thing is the run defense didn't just magically get bad last week. It's not been good all season True. and it hasn't really been a factor. And they've played some teams that are adept at rushing the ball. It's just that they've been able to control the game situations and keep that from being a thing. So I think you'll, uh, you'll likely, I feel like, know how the game is going to go with seven minutes left, seven or six or seven minutes left in the first quarter. I feel like, yeah. you know, if the score at that point is seven, nothing Dallas or three, nothing Dallas or something like that, I think Dallas will have every chance to win the game and should be fine. If by that point, Miami's up 10, nothing, then the Miami will probably blow the doors off them. And another game, I think for deck to show, right? Yeah. Another, well, uh, it's definitely, you know, a couple solid, Corners there on on that end of the for the for the Dolphins and Howard and and Ramsey. I would say one thing that is certainly something to watch is is I mean, is Taron Armstead going to be playing? You know, their their stud tackle on yeah. the offensive. They just they've got a lot of if you if you could tell me what that you know Friday evening injury report says for for the Dolphins I would feel a lot more comfortable going one way or the other in this game I'm going to lean towards the Cowboys just because they have bounced back well but definitely a difficult game to to judge agree I'm going to lean towards the Cowboys as well they burned me last week but we're going to go back to that well again and that's the Dallas Cowboys at Miami Dolphins Dolphins favored by one and a half at Hard Rock Stadium over under is 50. I would hit the over big time on that. Ladies and gentlemen, we are entering the witching hour, the Scott Hansen red zone. You better have your multi view up on this one. YouTube TV, Google. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll take any sponsors as we can get them. Hmm. Our first game in the Scott Hansen red zone section is the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings Lions favored by three over under is 47 that three is just getting me there Nick Mullins sucks (laughs) yeah no no I mean there's a reason why they tried to you know why they traded for Josh Dobbs like Flores is doing great right like the, the defense is Defense is, I mean, honestly, I think it's a shame is even even them having choked that game away. I feel like I came away watching that game thinking this team, I think this team would have had every chance to challenge Detroit for the division if Cousins had stayed healthy. I agree. I That team was hitting its stride with Kirk. I was leaning towards Minnesota, then I thought better of it. I like the Lions in this game. It's It's indoors. Goff loves indoors. He doesn't have to play outside. I think that offense will do enough. I, I just like the Lions to to win this game and, and keep moving on. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the Lions on this one as well. I felt like that that Bengals game choking that away was just really a killer for, for the Vikings and their chances, and I could see them being a bit of a hangover from that, which would be – you know, good for if you're the the Lions, it would be it would be great for them. At this point, they're the most likely team to have a chance to you know take advantage of any potential 49ers 
you know, collapse down the stretch and get that, that one seed because, you know, they're 10 and four, just like the Eagles are, but the Eagles don't have a tiebreaker. You know, the Cowboys are 10 and four Cowboys don't have a tiebreaker to the 49ers and the lions, you know, are a game behind and poised to take advantage if, if, if the 49ers drop one, I'm, I'm going to lean towards the Detroit on this one. And that's the Detroit Lions at Minnesota Vikings. Lions favored by three in Minnesota. Our next matchup, Jacksonville Jaguars at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa's favored by one. Over under is 42 and a half. <sighs> do you trust Baker in this game? That's your question. And then also, do you trust Trevor? As crazy as that sounds, he's... Jacksonville... Not, 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 not a great... Not a great year for the old. Not a great year for the old Jaguars and and for for the the anticipated third year leap for for Trevi. They might be a year away. I mean, look, they, I think they have pieces. It just might need to be another year. But man, I, I this... will say he looks he looks like a different. I mean, he not that he was tearing the world up, but he looks a lot worse without that safety yes. blanket of Christian Kirk. You know, that a really killer injury. You called it, man. You called that. Yeah, I, he's he's just one of those guys who ne- doesn't necessarily get the like all pro type of stuff, but he's just a reliable player who always gets open and makes quarterbacks look a lot better that, than they are. If you want to sort of, I mean, all your your proof positive there is the fact that as soon as Arizona got rid of them, Kyler fell off a cliff. So. I mean, he, he's a reliable quarterback who makes his, his – or he's a reliable receiver that makes quarterbacks look a lot better than they are, and they haven't been the same offense since he went down. I, I don't know. I mean, that game – like you said, that game Baker had, can he play like that again? The, the only thing in his favor is it's not that – I mean, you have Godwin, you have Mike Evans – those are some and really white good is receiver. on a tear running the ball, right? White. Like they need to lean on him more in the run game. Mm-hmm. White White is a terrific player. Um, I I think I mean Jacksonville might need this one, whereas yeah. I think Tampa Bay could, given how bad that division is, could survive a loss. But if you're talking about who's playing a lot better right now, it's it's unquestionably Tampa Bay has has won three straight. You know. I don't know. I might, I was leaning towards Jacksonville. I might be talking myself into Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm still, I, I'm still leaning towards Jacksonville, but we'll see later on what, what, what we decide. That's Jacksonville Jaguars at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers are favored by one over under is 42 and a half. Our next game. I just think this is going to be a good back and forth. Arizona Cardinals at Chicago bears. Bears are favored by four over-unders, 43. I would hit the over on this, depending on the weather in Chicago. Make sure you double-check that before Sunday's game. I just see this as a score fest. I mean, I like Fields versus Murray just running around the field. I'm leaning towards the Bears. I think the Bears are playing some pretty good football. Mm. Yeah, I mean... But these teams suck. I just don't. I just can't bring myself to care that much. I'd probably lean towards the Bears on this one as well. As you said, they are playing some pretty good football. Although I will point out that some of us correctly anticipated that Cleveland would win, although we did not get the spread right. Again, I did take the money line while in Illinois. And I lost that, but I did pick it right in terms of they covered. Okay. So, you know, we can't always be right every single time. I'm mixed, I'm mixed, 
No. Uh, honestly, I actually, I'm going to lean towards the Cardinals on this one. I talked to myself out of it. I like I like that Kyler Murray to Trey McBride combo a lot. McBride's a real a real player that they found last year in the draft. Had had a couple of really good tight ends. Is he out of there. Iowa uh, State? He, is he out of Iowa State? He might be. Yeah, he is. Yeah. No, Colorado State. Oh, that's right. It's Colorado yeah. State. Okay. Yeah, one, yeah, of, yeah. one of those agricultures, yeah. I knew it was a Midwestern agriculture. Yeah, he he's a great player. I like that connection. I feel like, I don't know, the Bears really – both these teams are incentivized to lose, so I don't really know what to make of it one way or the other. But let me tell you, Marvin Harrison would look fun in either of these teams' uniforms next year. I would agree. But I think the, the, the Bears need a new quarterback, though, for that. So – so we'll talk about this next week. Uh, I want to have this conversation because I am not I, sold on I, Fields. You might be. I have, I have, I'm not sold on him, but I do have some things to say. About ooh, Fields, ooh, we but, need to put that down. Then we yeah. are talking about just Fields next week. Oh, perfect. So we are going into our nap time, sleepy time after. Well, you're not having your, your holiday ham yet. That's on Monday. But Seattle Seahawks at Tennessee Titans. Titans are getting two and a half. Seattle's favored by two and a half in Nashville. Over-under is 42. Looks like Levis is probably 50-50, maybe less. So you're going to go back to Tannehill. Is Gino close? I mean, what's this? Yeah, Gino's playing 100%. Okay. He, he, was, a full, he was a full practice participant today. So yeah, I like Seattle in this. He's a he's a full guy. Yeah, I like Seattle as well. That, that victory was huge for them. They, you know, they they needed one of those four games in the San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco, Philly stretch, and and they got the one they needed, even if it did take fifty nine minutes and however many seconds to get the job done. But yeah, I'm leaning at Seattle on this one. That's a Seattle Seahawks at Tennessee Titans. Seattle's favored by two and a half. Next game is Indianapolis Colts at Atlanta Falcons. Falcons favored by one over under is 44 and a half. We're going back to Heineke with Atlanta for the rest of the year. I saw they are benching Ritter for good. I don't, I don't really understand what the point of announcing the, for the rest of the year is. Neither of these guys is good enough for you to make a declaration that like they're the guy. Well, I think Arthur sure. Smith is Smith is on the hot seat, and I feel like Blank wants Heineke probably to play because he feels like this is a playoff team. They want to go with the veteran. I don't know. I I like the Colts in this. They're they are they're coached well. Minshew does has enough plays. Is Pittman going to be available after that scary hit? Is I mean, scary is one word for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dirt, dirty might be the other. Well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Colts. We're, we're looking. We're talking about a Colts team that's won five out of six. So they're, they're playing some pretty good football. I don't know. I guess I'm leaning towards the Colts on this one. But it is in Atlanta. They do play well in Atlanta yeah, for some reason. They do. Yeah. It's just again, it's playoff. Honestly, I'm leaning, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch and, and lean towards Atlanta on this one. I think I just don't see a world where where the Colts are going to enter the with Gardner. Gardner Minchu is going to have a bad game here at some point where he's he got four to, picks. Right? Yeah. 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 
Falcons have everything to play for because they want to get back into the somehow this <laughs> crap of a division. <laughs> that is the Colts at Falcons. Falcons favored by one over unders 44 in our half. Our Hunter McMillan bum rush games of the week. We've got two. The Washington Commanders at New York Jets. Jets are favored by three. Over under is 37. I like the Commanders in this game, and I don't want to watch a minute of this game. And did you see Sam Howell got benched? Yeah. He sucks. I can't believe they thought they used it. He doesn't suck. I would He's just, just not. I would just like to say that at least one person, not to name any names, me, Who, called you? this at the beginning of the year. He's not good, and people got fooled out of one game, and then the the their team telling us that he was good. Like, what what were they supposed to say? We're going to start this guy, and we think he sucks, but you didn't have to believe them, NFL media. No, no. Who are you leaning towards on this? I'm going with the commanders as well. That was a uh, just a abysmal performance by the Jets against the Dolphins last Sala's week. Sala's getting well, fired at the end of the year. Yeah, and he should. And you know what? Activating Aaron Rodgers so he can practice and therefore cutting your fullback to make room for him on the roster today right before Christmas. It's idiotic, <laughs> and it's like just a dick move. You turn. Merry you Christmas. Turn the, yep. You turn the <laughs> you keys filthy of the fran- animal. <laughs> you turn the keys of the franchise over to a narcissistic dumbass, and this is what happened. So uh, well, I'm coming back. Yeah, I'm coming back. I'm coming. Yeah, we're right. Yeah, uh, that's the Washington Commanders at New York Jets. Jets are favored by three. Over under thirty seven. I'm surprised of that line anyway. I thought it would be closer to two or two and a half, right? Like, I think they're giving too much respect to the Jets, even though both teams are not good. Our next yeah. game, Green Bay Packers at Carolina Panthers. Packers are getting five points over under is 36 and a half in Charlotte. Panthers. Who cares? Pack. I'd probably go Packers. Packers. Yeah. Packers. Packers for sure, yeah. And that's our Hunter's Bum Rush Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to our Sunday night game. We got Mike. We got Chris. We hanging out Why? with Mike and Chris. No? Why did they not flex, flex this it? out? Uh, maybe maybe because it was Christmas Eve. Maybe because it was like a yeah. Christmas game they couldn't flex. New England Patriots at Denver Broncos. Oof. Broncos are favored by six and a half over under is 34 and a half. I'm leaning towards... New England on this. Oh, wow. Russell Wilson's corpse is absolutely, he's not good. Yeah, he's not good, but he's one million times better than Bailey Zappi. <laughs> that defense, though, is going to hold Russell Wilson. They're going to struggle. I don't see them winning by a touchdown. I just don't. I don't know why. I just. Yeah, it is going to snow so on Sunday in Denver. So we'll see. And I think Zeke Elliott might have a big game, man. I I just think it's possible. I I don't know. I just (laughs) I can't really bring myself to care about this game. (laughs) Whatever, that's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Denver. Who cares? And that's our Sunday night game. 
<laughs> Mike. <laughs> New England Patriots at Denver Broncos. Broncos are favored by six and a half. Our Monday Christmas Day games. We got three. Our one o'clock Eastern game is the Las Vegas Raiders at Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by 10 over under is 41. I mean, they won by two touchdowns last time they played. I, I don't see this changing, even though Raiders are on a quite a bit of rest after that shellacking against the Chargers and euthanizing Staley there in that game. I, I'm leaning towards the Chiefs. So I, don't, I don't think it's going to be close. I'm going to take the, the Raiders on this. I think the Chiefs are going to win the game, but I do think that... Raiders maybe found something a little bit there in that Thursday night game, playing with some confidence, you know, especially I, I don't necessarily expect that we're looking at like a very high scoring game as we saw over unders only 41. And so I'm sort of leaning towards, I'm sort of leaning towards a little bit closer game, maybe chiefs by six or seven. I think that line's a little high. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Raiders to, to cover, but lose. Fair. And that's the Raiders at chiefs. Chiefs are favored by 10 over-unders, 41. Our next game at 4.30 Eastern time, New York Giants at Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are favored by 12, over-unders, 42.5. Now, this game, I do feel like the Eagles will cover 12. I know it sounds like a lot of points, but they are going to want to absolutely bash the Giants in this game, and I think they will. Yeah. (laughs) I'm landing... I'm thinking I'm going to get, I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I feel that I have been a good boy and I'm going to get a Tommy DeVito went over the Eagles here, but I think it's more likely to come in New York uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah. I think home crowd, you know, lost three games in a row. I think the Eagles will come out motivated extra day of rest um, sort of counteracts having to fly back on a, a Monday night across the country. So that'll, yeah. that'll be really helpful to them because if they were going Monday night at Seattle and then turning back and, and playing Sunday at one, that would have been, that would have been quite, quite a challenge considering I bet they didn't yeah. play him back in Philly until like 7am Tuesday morning. Um, yeah. I'm going to take the, the Eagles on this one. I think the DeVito story is, uh, you know, coming back to earth here a little that, bit. That, that's um, a... I, I would, I would play Tyrod and my hope is maybe by the end of the season, DeVito has been, killed in a gangland shooting or something, and they're forced to play Tyrone Taylor against the Eagles <laughs> week 18. I hope his agent goes on Grand Theft Auto. I hope they put him in the game or something. Goodness gracious. Or Jersey Shore, at least. <laughs> yeah, this game. that That's a bold great Christmas present ass for the Giants to beat the Eagles this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's more of just a, a general year-end bonus at some yeah, point that's since, fair. since that's we've fair. got we've got two up op- we've got two opportunities here in the next three weeks i'm thinking it's more likely going to happen who do the they have wedged in between the eagles i think it's the cardinals oh my this God. is why this is why the eagles have always been still favored to win yeah. the division because yeah. cowboys closed with dolphins lions commanders and eagles have that's... giants cardinals giants yeah man that lions game man lions are going to want to pull well, we'll talk about it more next week. That's the New York Giants at Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles favored by 12. Over-unders 42 and a half. Our second marquee game, I think, Monday night football with Joe and Troy. 
the Baltimore Ravens at San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco's favored by five, over-unders 47. Oh, man. The 49ers are just a machine. Excellent team. Probably the best Monday night game of the year by far. I would agree. That's going to have ratings bonanza on a Christmas night. Christmas, Christmas Day night, yeah. You know, I I think this is going to be a good battle. I would be inclined to pick the Ravens to win this game outright if it was in Baltimore. I do think that traveling across the country to San Francisco, it's a lot to ask them to win. I'm still sort of leaning towards them covering, though. I think it's going to be a close game. 49ers possibly, you know, pull it out late. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. And I think we know how good the 49ers are. I think even if the Ravens beat them in this game, I I still am going to feel like the 49ers are the heavy Super Bowl favorite. I think it's more of a, a chance to see how good the Ravens are. I would agree. It is that game where uh, we we find out a lot of who the Ravens are defensively and on offense as well. I just think the 49ers are just a buzzsaw and they're just going to run right through the Ravens as they keep just going probably to a Super Bowl berth. Honestly, that team is just barring injuries, right? Trent Williams, Debo McCaffrey, team to beat in the NFL. I like the 49ers in this game. Baltimore Ravens at San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are favored by five over-unders. 47 should be a great end to Christmas Day. And we'll be back in a minute. And we're back with our locks of the week. We're slamming, jamming with a little bit new music. I like it. I'm feeling good. Not after last oh. week's pick, but let's go, right? So last week, both of us were 0 and 2. <laughs> Don't pit, do, take our locks of the week last week. I had the Titans favored by three against the Texans. Boy, was I wrong losing in overtime. And Dave had Atlanta minus three against the Panthers and Carolina won nine, six in a great battle of NFC South opponents. I am going to move on over to the AFC East this week. Buffalo bills at 11 and a half point favorites against the chargers. I think it, they win by two to three touchdowns that chargers team might get a little bit of a bump on basically having an interim coach, but that defense gave up against the Raiders and this Bills team is for real. I like Josh Allen to run the ball. I like him to throw the ball. I like him to maybe even, heck, let's just have him catch a ball in the end zone uh, as well. I think the Buffalo Bills are not going to have an issue this week. They're just steamrolling to the playoffs. Buffalo Bills and I it continue my streak at, at 11-3-1 at the moment. Let's put it to 12. Buffalo Bills favored 11 and a half against the chargers put it down that's a bold bold move lock of the week at 11 and a half that's that's hefty i am going to go with the washington commanders i think that they are very bad but a lot less bad than the jets and i like them to win the game outright so i will pick them to easily cover their three point see the difference between you and i you put your fortune in some really bad teams sometimes, which I did too, but 
The commanders are bad. But yeah. I agree with you. I am on board with that Washington pick. Let's go 2-0, Dave. I like it. With our Lee Corso locks of the week, Buffalo at 11.5 in Los Angeles favorites and the Washington commanders at New York Jets getting three points. Put it in. All right, we're on to our week 16 picks. Last week, both of us, again, were three and two. Dave, you're 40, 34, and two on the year. I am 41, 33, and two. So still steady above 500. We're we're neck and neck towards the end of the year here. Uh, Our first matchup is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are getting two points. Bengals favored by two. Go ahead, Dave. I'm picking with the Bengals on this one. Just, just atrocious vibes out of that Steelers locker room, and and I think they, things might be falling apart. I am going with my boy Jake Browning and the Bengals. I hate doing this, really feeling the the Steelers vibe here, but I think some way, somehow, some way, with Tomlin gets it together, pulls through here, gets the win at Pittsburgh, gives the the fans a little bit of a Christmas present early over the Cincinnati Bengals. I like Pittsburgh to win the game. Put it in. Our next game, Cleveland Browns at Houston Texans. Browns are favored by two and a half in Houston. I think we're both moving in in the the right direction here in terms of I'm taking Cleveland. C.J. Stroud being out. That defense is just too strong for Cleveland. Uh, Joe Flacco has that team just playing well enough, confident enough. I mean, he threw three picks last week, but I like Cleveland and Houston to win and continue, again, their march to the playoffs. Likewise going, I'm still wacko for Flacco. Three picks regardless of that. We're going with those Browns. Our next game, Jacksonville Jaguars at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the one. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So I I was leaning Jacksonville. I'm going to take Jacksonville in Tampa. They're getting a point. I think think this game for Trevor Lawrence and then means a little bit more for the AFC South. They want to create a little bit of distance between the Houston Texans. I think this will be the week. I do agree, though. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Trevor Lawrence misses Christian Kirk, but I think the Jaguars do enough to pull it out in Tampa, Jacksonville. I, I've, I've changed my mind. I'm going with Tampa on this one just don't get the vibes that the Jaguars are are really playing that well right now and Tampa is hot having won three straight if you're Tampa you got to feel like you get a win in this game and you you might really be close to locking down that division in a playoff berth so I'm gonna go with Tampa next game Detroit Lions at Minnesota Vikings Lions are favored by three I'm taking Detroit I think indoors Jared Goff that offense looked good last week Vikings will do enough, I think, to pressure him, get him off his, get him off his spot a little bit. But I like this Lions team; they're strong enough. Defense played enough, and Nick Mullins is starting at quarterback for the Vikings. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to the Lions on this one. Nick Mullins sucks, and they they pulled off their miracle win already, or they had a chance to pull off their their upset win already, and they blew that one. So. We're going. We're going to the Lions on this one. And our last game, the Baltimore Ravens at San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are favored by five. 
I just think San Francisco continues their their dominance here. And I think we will find out a lot about the Ravens. I think they are a little bit more on the pretender side than contender. Personally, I think they've had some close games. I think they've played well enough, but I like San Francisco to dominate this game and win the game handedly. And it's a little bit of a Chiefs, you know, Christmas present. As long as the Chiefs beat the Raiders, we're getting closer to the one seed. I like San Francisco in this game. Mm-hmm. I think San Francisco wins, but Baltimore keeps them clo- keeps it close all game. Maybe San Francisco gets a late field goal to win. I think the Ravens lose, but do cover that five-point spread on the road and maybe prove to us uh, that they're a tougher out in the playoffs than we think. And those are our Week 16 picks. Dave, you, you did you like that little new music intro, or did it catch you off guard like a little it. bit? Not me off guard, but I enjoyed it. We, we were vibing out. I thought it bangs, bangs a little bit yeah. here and there, but uh, my friend, any, any plans for the weekend in terms of seeing family or just hanging tight in, in the Austin just, area? Just ha- hanging tight here in Austin, managed to string a couple days together. So I will be out for 11 consecutive days from work and I don't plan to really accomplish anything in that time. So it'll be Victory. great. Victory, as always. You're, I'm going to be on my couch this weekend watching some great football. Everyone, enjoy the holiday. And Dave, happy football. Soundstripe.